Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. It's 107 in Edmonton, hour number two. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. You can now buy PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call and one simple invoice for all of your office technology needs. We're going to hear from Ken Hitchcock and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The Edmonton Oilers have just assigned Caleb Jones back to Bakersfield. This will obviously uh, set up a move where Edmonton will activate Alexander Petrovich. And uh, based on Hitch's comments earlier today, looks like he's going to play. Of course, earlier today, Edmonton placed Ryan Spooner, acquired straight up in a trade for Ryan Strom, as well as Ty Ratty on waivers. Wouldn't surprise me, actually, if waivers, uh, if Ratty got claimed on waivers. Here we go. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. That's right. We're going to open up the phone line, 780-496-0063, by Hitch's own comments, a uh, very... Uh, unacceptable performance on the weekend. You can also text us at 630-630. There's about 600 texts that have come in. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today, uh, but in the first hour of the show, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Not your small town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter. You can tweet me at Bob underscore Stauffer. Tweet the show at Oilers Now and tweet Brendan Escott at uh, Brendan Escott. Again, we'll open up the phone lines. Uh, Brendan's just going to start uh, taking some calls here on our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Um, I just want to play this clip. Brennan, can you set up, uh, we'll start off with Ken Hitchcock. This is from today saying that the Oilers' current plight is on the players and the coaches. This is a, what what's going with our hockey club. This is 100% on the players and coaches. And it's on us as much as the players. The, I don't care what the roster is. I don't you know, we've got one injury basically. There's teams that play are playing better 5 on 5 that have 6 7 guys out. We it's on us to play better. I don't care 
whatever rosters are there, everybody goes through peaks and valleys on how many healthy bodies or who your roster is or what you want. It's not my job. My job is to get our team playing um, at a much better rate. When you look at our ratio since Christmas, we're the combination of special teams, PK and PP, man, we're... We're 105 plus total numbers, which is really high. It's, but it, you win in this game five on five, and the five on got five is the coaches and players' responsibility. And we're just not good enough there right now. We're not playing good enough. We're not playing consistent enough. And if that changes, we'll win our share of hockey games. All right, that's Ken Hitchcock, who addressed the fans. And we're going to take calls momentarily. i got a couple lines open, 780-496-0063. I already know what's coming. But here's Ken Hitchcock uh, addressing the fans earlier today with the media availability. They're loyal as hell, and that's, that's what they're going to be right until the end. And they deserve to be angry. I thought we... We played, uh, other than about seven minutes, we played a heck of a hockey game against Calgary and lost to a good team. Last night was not acceptable, and that's on us. Our our five-on-five play was extremely poor yesterday, and yesterday's uh, start was a direct uh, correlation to the emotional uh, amount of energy spent the night before, and uh, that's on us. We we thought we had them ready uh, and and regroup, but obviously we didn't. There was a lot of debris from the night before, and that's lesson learned. We've got to go at it a different way. So, again, that's on us to get these guys when it's an emotional game like that. Uh, The residue effect was a little bit deeper than we thought, and we, uh, we kind of made a mistake there in thinking we were ready. All right, so after a weekend in which the Edmonton Oilers were outscored to the tune of 12-6 at home, including losing 5-2 to their provincial rivals, uh, the Calgary Flames, who are currently leading the Western Conference and then uh, falling behind 6-1 to the Carolina Hurricanes, I have a pretty good idea of what we're going to get coming up next, but let's get to it. Your thoughts, 780-496-0063, the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Jason, on line number one. You, sir, are on Oilers now. Hello, Jason. Hey, Bob. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, my question or comment, I guess, is the, the talent on the roster, what's on the ice right now, like call spade a spade, is probably not good enough. Yeah. But what has the assistant coach has done to help make this team better. At the start of the year, they were brought in the offseason, yawning and yep. goals, and, but they were they were McClellan's guys, but what have they done? I guess you can, you can argue that Nurse has made some big strides and he's a much better player this year than he was last year, but is that based on the opportunity to be in that uh, pivotal role that the club bombs out, or is it Goldson or sorry, a yawning who's made an impact on that player? All right. So my question is, what what have they done besides the roster? The roster is what it is. But what has your coaching done to help make this roster better moving forward? All right. Here's my Jason. Thank you for the question. Here's my understanding on the coaching. Trent Yanni was Todd McClellan's hire, and then Gullitson and Viveros were mutual hires, but. Uh, Todd was basically allowed to go get one guy. Yanni was coveted around the league for his abilities to coach defense. Uh, you said that uh, Nurse has taken a step forward. I think Nurse has had an up-and-down season. I think Darnell would be the first to admit to that. I think Darnell's a big part of the Oilers' future. Um, 
He had a good stretch. He had a poor initial stretch once Clefbaum went out because he was trying to do too much. Then he settled down, and uh, and then more over the last couple of games, like again last night, he, he had some misreads and those sort of things. Uh, the Oilers, and I don't want to use luck as a factor because every team in the league has injuries, but the timing of the injury to Andre Sekra changed the complexion of the makeup of their defense. I'm not saying Sekiro would have ever gotten back to 2016-17, but uh, him tearing his Achilles in the first week of August when you can't go out and find yourself a $4 million replacement for half a year, it, you know that was problematic. So it's difficult for me to gauge the impact on the defense. Special teams-wise, the power play is better, but everybody in the league's power play is better. The PK is marginally better. Yanni's kind of heading up the PK as well. So I would say incomplete. And Viveros has not been the primary driver on the power play, despite the fact that he had an awesome power play the last two years in Swift. Gullitson's more in that regard. Um, frustrated Oilers fan Steve on line number two. Steve, how are you? Good, Bob. How are you doing? Not bad. Thanks for asking. Good. Uh, we've been a season ticket holder. My father had season tickets since 1972, first year at WHA. Yep. And now I uh, my name, so I split him with my buddies. Anyways, we... Uh, we came very close to uh, the boys didn't want to re- renew last year or this year. Yeah. And uh, we talked each other into it. And now we've come to the realization that we're absolutely done with yeah. our tickets. Like, we can pick up tickets along the way. But my point is, like, I'm not so mad. at I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in the effort. You know what? Hey, I like winning and lo- winning a lot more than losing. But I'm all about the effort. Yep. Good example. I, I travel a lot for my job, and I was at the Vancouver game, yep. uh, Oilers game last Wednesday. Yep. And, uh, you know, Vancouver's rebuilding and so on. And there's a lot of empty seats there. But I'll tell you, talking to the fans there and, and witnessing, like Vancouver works unbelievably hard. Like, yes, that they do. That team, that, team, that team plays hard for Travis Green. Travis Green did a better job in Portland than Mike Johnson did. I mean, Portland won the WHL chance. The one time they won it was when Travis Green was the head coach and Mike was suspended. Of course, they beat the Oil Kings, and I, I know this is a name that people don't like hearing. Griffin Reinhardt was out for an injury, and in the Western League, Griffin Reinhardt was a number one defense. That was a big loss for Edmonton that year. But Travis Green's teams have some spirit. And their team plays with some spirit, and they play within their limitations. And yeah. But I, I'm going to say to you right now, uh, I'm going to suggest to you right now that I do not believe that the Oilers have the same depth at forward that uh, the Vancouver Canucks have. And I can I can illustrate that point. Sam Gagne? Yeah. Right now, Sam Gagne is better than guys that the Oilers have around. Sa- like, Correct. I would, I, you know, you look at Spooner, you look at Gagne. Gagne is playing down in Toronto with the Marlies. Sam Gagne is a right shot. He can take some draws. He's, you know, he's. I think he's got 31 points in 33 games down in the American League. Uh, he's probably a more serviceable player for Edmonton than he'd be for Vancouver, and that speaks to the lack of depth. The Oilers, you know, does Vancouver work hard? Yes. Does Vancouver work hard because they have to? Yes. And I think that at times is part of the, like, sometimes I get the sense that some of the Oilers players watch and sit there and wait, well, you know, we have Connor and we have Leon. But that being said, that being said, I do think that there has been a terrific buy-in from Vancouver. So I'm not going to disagree with your statement about the consistency of the effort from the Canucks on a game-by-game basis. Yeah, but I just see from our team, whatever, I go to games and we have um, gold seats, so it's not inexpensive. And I see that effort, and I'm absolutely disgusted. 
with the effort. It's not about the winning and losing. It's all about the effort for me. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and you know, I, I look at a team like Vegas or whatever. Well, you know what? Those guys play hard for Gallant too, right? Yeah. So, and I think, uh, you know, and I love Hitch, but I think it goes to show that it wasn't about the coach when, uh, when we roasted uh, McClellan at the beginning of the year. So, you know, there was a, a bit of a change, a big spin upward for the first little bit with Hitch, but the bottom line is I think... You know, they won a lot of, they won a lot of close games. Hitch started 9-2-2. Two and two. Uh, You know, the, the, the nine games before Clefbaum went out with injury, the Oilers outshot their opposition eight of those nine games. So yeah. uh, they've been outshot 17 of the last 19. Steve, I've got seven other calls. i got to get to them. Thank you for your call. Take care. Yep. Let's go to uh, Tyler, the postman, who always rings twice on line number seven. How you doing, Tyler? Uh, terrible. You know, I, Bob, I'm not venting to, to you personally, but to this team and this GM and this ownership, we're making bad trade after bad trade. When does the buck stop? How can he even go to work? I understand John Shannon says he's a person, but we're all people involved in this. We all have our heart on the line. So I'm sorry if you're not towing the company line, well, then time to let you go. I mean, I was born in 87. I grew up watching teams of the 90s. I wasn't lucky like you, Bob. I didn't get those glory years. Right. And I watched teams of Buckberger, Marchment, these players that would just die for a, a teammate. And I don't see that with this team. They don't care. If somebody's getting face-washed, the other guy is looking towards the bench trying to get off the ice. It's, I don't know how you change that mentality, but you got to change it. It's just driving me nuts. And, like, how long before this owner, who is a billionaire, looks at his company and says, hey, I'm going to make a lot more money down somewhere in the Sunbelt states where I don't pay, have, to have to pay tax and people actually want to come play for us. Like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Well, first of all, but- I, think, I think people want to play for winners. That's, like, players want to play for winners. And, you know, are there opportunities in the U.S., I suppose, but it's my belief the Oilers are a, a top-10 opportunity for an owner in the National Hockey League, okay? So this is a pretty good market. I mean, the building has been full for 500-plus games, and the team's missed 11 of the last 12 seasons in terms of the playoffs. So it's a pretty good market in that regard, and there's some Sunbelt markets that are significantly challenged right now to draw on a regular basis. Um, All right, yeah, I totally understand. That might be just me jumping to conclusions there. But this team, no one cares about it. To be honest with you, Daryl, I'll I'll tell you this right now. Uh, It is my belief that uh, Daryl Cates could have purchased another NHL team prior to purchasing the Edmonton Oilers uh, in the mid-2000s, okay? So hopefully it's hearts with it, too. But I'll hang up and just listen to your thoughts on how to fix this garbage. All right, well, we're we're taking... Not enough lipstick to put on this dead swine. All right, 780-496-0063. Let's go to Jeff on line four. Jeff, you're on Oilers now. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I I agree with the previous caller that the heart on the ice that we're seeing just isn't there anymore, and it's pretty frustrating to watch. Yeah, We've been been, uh, season ticket holders since the WHA days, and we'll be having some serious conversation about you know, whether we hang on to our tickets at the end of this year. Yep. Um, but it, but what I see is sort of a systemic problem that ever since the days of uh, Lowe and Tambellini, where we said we were going to lose for two to three years and build through the draft, and, yep. you know, the Oilers are building a big, heavy team when everyone else is smaller and faster, and when we were smaller and faster, everyone else is bigger and heavier, and we can't seem to compete. So either we're so far ahead of the curve that we're hurting ourselves, but... I think our record shows what, that what I would our say, thinking is behind the What curve. I would say, Jeff, is the Oilers drafted skill uh, 2010 with Hall, 2011 with Nugent Hopkins. Everly in 2008 was a good pick. A pick, by the way, acquired in the Chris Bronger trade, which when you look at what Kevin Lowe got in that deal, and I will, you know, full disclosure, um, 
Kevin was the GM. I was not working for uh, the incarnation of the IG at that time, but I because one of the players involved was a, a player I knew and a family I knew. I remember having conversations with Kevin. He got plus 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 in that deal. He got Lupel. He got Schmied. And then he got the plus-plus, right? He got a number one, which turned out to be Everly. He, he got a number one, which he flipped back when they signed Penner to an offer sheet. And oh, by the way, Dustin Penner scored 93 goals in four years for Edmonton. And then the Oilers turned around and got a first round back from L.A., which turned out to be Clefbaum. So that there, there's an illustration of a trade where Lowe stuck to his guns as GM. And I think they got a second rounder. They got five pieces for Chris Pronger in that trade. But a, circa 2010 to 2014, a couple things. They drafted smaller skilled players. Where they missed was rounds two through seven, and it wasn't just the drafting. It was the development structure that they had. I personally believe that they didn't have the right structure and process in their development. They didn't emphasize their own players. And for all the criticism that can be directed Peter Shirelli's way in the here and now with some of the trades, the one thing that has happened is they've improved the structure of their farm system. It just hasn't come to fruition yet. It might buy, we might be looking at this a year, like I'd say right now, there are six out of 10 organizationally with the depth in the organization. They had years where they were a one or two out of 10, not a nine or 10, where you need to, like, you know, they were never a top team depth wise throughout 2010 to 2014. Last year, they didn't have any prospect forwards down on the farm. They've got Marodi. They've got Benson. Those guys might not be able to help them out this year, but they could help them out down the road. They've got Maximov and Ryan McLeod coming at forward. Uh, Jones has come up briefly, just got sent down. So they do have a little of that, but they missed on that window between 2010 to 2014. And in my opinion, that's affected the here and now of the club right now in terms of those secondary prospects pushing and coming. So that's, that's one, you know, so where they made the move to the bigger, heavier team coincided with winning McDavid in the lottery, right? That's kind of because Shirelli was, you know, the Oilers won the lottery on April the 18th. Peter Shirelli was named GM April the 24th, and he said, we are going to build a bigger, more heavier, competitive team that could win in the Pacific Division. And the league moved in the other direction. And I will tell you that the the majority of the fan base, Jeff, at that time was 100% on board with Shirelli in building the bigger, heavier team. And part of it, was building a team to protect Connor McDavid. That was part of it. And when you saw what happened on Saturday night, you get frustrated with it because the league's moving yeah, further. Yeah, we're not protecting the guy. Well, and the league doesn't. See, that's the thing. Like, to me, the officials don't protect him, and so you got to protect him. And, like, you know what? The orders have some size with Kara and, uh, and Cassian, and sometimes you need to do some cheap crap out on the ice if you got so players. So then your coach sends those guys over the boards next, and, and you hurt somebody. I'm not saying hurt somebody. I'm saying you deliver or a message. You, you deliver. Message. You deliver a message, and yeah, the league, not right? But so what I'm saying is they had small guys for a number of years. Then they went bigger and heavier when Shirelli came aboard. And this was not just Peter Shirelli's idea. This was the entire organization's. It was, I mean, you know, he was entrusted with building that type of team, and it worked for a year in sixteen seventeen. And obviously now has not worked, and yeah. some additional. Well, they're not playing for each other. I mean, I watched. Well, uh, that, you know, I, I get, I get how you say it. I get how you say. Our two defensemen skate away from it in the Calgary game on Saturday night. Yeah, I get how you say that. I, I totally can see how fans would think that because, to be frank with you, at times I don't think enough's done either. But some people would just call me, a, you know, an, an old guy who's living in the past. Hey, I got to get some more calls in, Jeff. Thanks. Okay. Hey. 
Thank you. Uh, 780-496-0063. We'll keep going with the calls here. Um, Let's take one more. Jim. Jim, we only got about a minute, so can you make it count here? Well, that's not. Well, I'll I'll try it. Do you want me to, Jim, do you want me to put you on hold and you can come back after the news break? I would appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, so that's what we'll do. It's 125 in Edmonton. We'll take a, a, a five-minute break right now. Uh, you're listening to Oilers Now. I'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South Downtown, Northside, and Short Park. We have three lines that have opened up. We'll keep going with the calls. I'll work in a couple texts at 630, 630. Uh, this text comes in from Fear the Fin. He's a San Jose Sharks fan. Bob, FYI, Vancouver has scored 2.88 goals per game. Edmonton, two. Point eight four. Yet you say Edmonton have high skilled forwards. Hockey's a team game, not an individual game. San Jose has eight players with at least ten goals. Brett Burns has nine goals, and they have seven players with at least forty points. That comes from Fear of the Fin. Fear of the Fin. You're right. Right now, San Jose and Vancouver have greater depth. I said that when I said that Sam Gagne could play on this current incarnation of the Edmonton Oilers team, and he can't play in Vancouver. Uh, appreciate the text. Off to a global news weather travel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Traffic update uh, with Cassandra Jodwan. We'll come back with your calls and your texts when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.